Welcome to the Informational, Inspirational, and Transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. You know, if you're preparing for a check ride at the airline or you're preparing for a private pilot check ride, we all have similar challenges, from academic challenges to psychological challenges. Well, today I have with me Seth Lake, an FAA-designated pilot examiner, to discuss how to successfully pass your checkride from both of those perspectives. Uh, Seth has an amazing channel. He's going to talk about that, a YouTube channel, and has uh, done some great work and is really helping pilots move forward in their flying life and also their careers. But before we get started, of course, most of you want to know where you can get one of those free scholarships guides. We have uh, the largest directory of scholarships last time we counted about a year ago. We have over $120 million of aviation and aerospace scholarships. And you can find that at aviationcareerspodcast.com slash scholarships. If you're looking for a free one, and those free scholarships guides are right there at aviationcareerspodcast.com slash free. And that's due to the people that have paid it forward. If you're one of those people that wants to help out, and pay it forward and give away free scholarships guides. It's real simple, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash pay it forward. And you too can help someone realize their aviation dreams, whether it's getting their private instrument, commercial, maybe it's a glider rating, or possibly some uh, a scholarship for college. Real simple to do that, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash pay it forward. And again, for the free one, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash free. And uh, supplies are limited, because usually right after I come out with a podcast, uh, they go they go pretty quickly. Uh, so uh, I really appreciate everybody and all the help from the people that put comments in. It's you. You're the people that actually help that scholarships guide grow. Uh, and we've been so blessed to do it. Anyway, let's move on with the show and uh, welcome Seth Lake, who's an FAA-designated pi- uh, pilot examiner and uh, is in, uh, I was going to say he's in Chile, Arkansas, but you know what? It's pretty chilly here. In, in Florida. Welcome to the show, Seth. Hey, Carl. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're it, uh, winter's still reminding us that, you know, the first day of spring is still a few days away. So, yeah, it's a little chilly. Well, Seth, um, you, uh, a, lot, a lot of folks may not know who Seth is, but he's got this uh, awesome uh, video uh, podcast and, and series of uh, videos out there, but uh, really a varied background in aviation. Uh, flying all sorts of different aircraft. So if you could uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and then tell us uh, how you uh, got into becoming an examiner. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed with a with a pretty cool uh, aviation career. I started flying uh, here at Russellville, Arkansas, is where I'm based. I started flying here in 1996, t- took my first lesson, uh, went to uh, the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville, uh, entered uh, as a second lieutenant in the Air Force and went straight to pilot training where I uh, did kind of our, our initial, you know, pilot training stuff. And then on to Little Rock Air Force Base was my first assignment where I, I got to fly the C-130. And I've been flying the C-130J model uh, ever since uh, 2009 is when I first started flying it. And I flew for active duty for about 12 years. So you're familiar with that. That's kind of like a nine to five job. You're there every day. And in 2019, I decided to leave active duty and go uh, into the reserves. So now I, I still get to fly the C-130. Usually I fly about four times a month. And uh, in, in 2019, I went as a full-time uh, instructor, kind of made the, made the leap there. I wasn't an examiner yet, uh, so I, I started doing these uh, accelerated multi-engine courses. I had a, a couple of travel airs uh, where I did that. For, we, we've been doing that for about four years, and we're actually pausing that program for a little bit because maintenance has gotten really difficult on our older airplanes. But 
uh, in that time frame, I also got uh, designated as a as a pilot examiner. So now I'm a DP, give uh, give check rides, uh, and then I also do some pilot uh, contract work as a uh, as as a contract pilot. And I am on two different Part 135 certificates where I fly the uh, the King Air 200, the Cheyenne two. Uh, Cheyenne 3 and the Kodiak. So uh, I get to do some check airman duties with them as well as just some line flying. Uh, so yeah, I kind of have, I, I went the, not the direction of the airlines like a lot of my peers and, and did other things. So instead of having one job, I have like four or five jobs now. Uh, and it keeps me pretty busy, but I, I, I kind of like that kind of lifestyle. And it's all here local. I'm home most every night. And uh, it's it's a real great way to to get involved in aviation. I, I really enjoy it. Wow, what an amazing story! And it's uh, interesting that you said that. I would I'd love to have you back on just to talk about what's like to fly the C one thirty and 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 the decisions you've made about your career because I think this is so cool that you've chosen this direction, uh, and and have actually actually done a great job and have flourished because of it. And I could tell that you're a very passionate aviator and you love flying just by all the different airplanes you fly and also the fact that you keep smiling when you talk about <laughs> airplanes. Uh, in, interestingly, you mentioned the Cheyenne. We're actually in the building that they actually were uh, building some of those and uh, and they actually had the flight uh, simulators right to the side of us. So maybe when you stop by, if you come to Sun and Fun sometime, I'll have to show you yeah, that, uh, where the actual simulators be used to be. Yeah, yeah. I've, you know, the, the Cheyenne's getting less and less common, so I, I'm, I'm blessed to have gotten to, to fly it as much as I have, uh, which isn't a ton, but I've, I've gotten both the, to fly the two and the three. I'd still love to fly the 400 LS. If I can get my hands on one of those, that'd be fun. But I would love to talk more about that. But, you know, the reason I, I wanted to have you on today is um, there's something I'm trying to, to stress to some of the people. I, I train on various levels, airline, college, et cetera. And uh, one thing I'm trying to impress upon people is that it's really a good idea to try as hard as you can to pass your check ride, especially for aviation jobs in the future, because some of these jobs require you uh, to have uh, a maximum of maybe three failures on check rides. Uh, so what I'd like to do is enable people to have a better pass rate, and to do that, come to people like Seth and ask for some advice. And uh, one of the things that I find is there's two things. Uh, they're nervous, uh, number one, or they're not prepared for the check ride. So I, want, I kinda wanna talk about those two things. Uh, and, and I just, I was giving an exam the other day, uh, I'm in an AQP program, and it was amazing how nervous the person was. Didn't even read the question, because I have a slideshow of questions. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that, you know, how that, and I'm sure you've seen that before. The, the question, the answer he told me had nothing to do with the question. I said, I said, wow, you know, I feel so bad for this person. So let's give some people some tools. Um, but before that, let's talk first of all about preparing and uh, the ACS. Uh, I, I tell people it's a good idea to, to read the ACS, um, but I'd love to hear from your perspective uh, why people should actually review and read and get to know that ACS. Yeah, so that's actually why I started my podcast and YouTube channel is to help people decipher the ACS because when you tell somebody to go read it, um, an uninitiated person that doesn't really know how the ACS document is structured, uh, it kind of feels like reading a phone book and you, the eyes glaze over and you really don't understand how that document is working. It, it takes a little bit of training to do that. 
So I thought a really good way to do that would be to have a YouTube channel where I can kind of bring up my uh, computer screen and I can go through kind of what I call the meat of the ACS, which are those task tables, uh, which tell you, you know, in, in area of operation one, task A, that's where the oral begins. So when people call me up uh, before a check ride or they send me an email and they say, hey, Seth, what do you like to ask during the oral? It's very straightforward for me to say, well, the ACS lists exactly the questions that I can ask during the oral exam. And they're located in, you know, the beginning of the, the ACS area of operation one task A, and you look in the knowledge criteria. I, I have to sample at least one knowledge item, at least one risk management item, and then you have to show proficiency in all of the skills. So if, if you know that's kind of the code of the ACS, now, uh, now that I've provided you with how it works, it's a lot easier for you to go through the ACS, read it, and actually understand what you're reading and, and be able to predict kind of how the flow of the check ride is going to go and what types of questions you can expect from your examiner. So if you know what to expect from your examiner, I guess that leads to the, to the next part is, you know, psychologically preparing yourself. I think sometimes we're afraid of the unknown. This is one of those ways to actually get away from the unknown and learn the ACS uh, as far as, you know, you know, trying to get uh, some of that nervousness away. You're always going to be nervous, right? No matter what. I, I mean, I've done it. You've done a ton of check rides. You're always nervous. Um, so tell us a little bit about that side of things. How, how is it that, or what advice do you give to people that are incredibly nervous before the check ride? Yeah, that, I mean, another reason that I think uh, it, it's good for me to, to do these shows and, and get out there and kind of get let people know an examiner i I like kind of humanizing myself a little bit because there's also the nervousness of you know it it feels like a very one-sided event where i've got this super experienced person and and they're probably and they're literally judging me and i know that they're they've got way more experience than i do and it it just feels very one-sided and and intimidating and i want to take some of that away i'm just a regular guy uh, I'm here to do a job. I do check rides all the time, so I'm not nervous going into this, but the people that I'm sitting across the table are super nervous because they've never done this before. And that is, that kind of uh, builds on that one-sidedness of the, of the relationship during the check ride as I literally do, you know, hundreds of check rides a year. And if the person across from me is taking their private pilot, they've never done a single one in their entire life. So, you know, for me, it's just another day. For them, it's a major life event, you know, that the, something that they've practiced and, and trained for for a long time, and it's kind of this unknown thing. So I think, uh, you know, getting to know a, an examiner, if you have an examiner in your local area, you know, try to try to go meet them, try to learn more about them. But main thing is just understand that they're, they're just another pilot. They're a person. They're a human being. They're following this ACS, and when you know what they're going to test you on, that like you said, that removes a lot of the unknown. So none of these questions should be coming out of left field. They're all written right there on the ACS for you to review. And so when you can anticipate that sort of stuff, it becomes a lot less intimidating, I think. One of the things I think helps people is in choosing the right examiner. And I think it's cool that you said about, you know, reaching out to the examiner. And obviously, you know, you're someone that is is really good at kind of calming people down, et cetera. But, but not everybody's like that. Everybody has different personality, obviously. Um, I, I think, it, personally, I feel that it's very important to choose the right examiner for my students, especially those that may be intimidated by certain examiners. 
Um, how is it that you recommend someone going out to find one of those examiners like yourself who's good at at easing and calming people's nerves? Yeah, that I mean, that can be more challenging. Um, you know, I know we have kind of an examiner shortage. Uh, it, it may not be so much of an examiner shortage as is the whole uh, check ride process probably needs a little bit of updating to, to more modern standards because the the inefficiencies of scheduling check rides and you know the the havoc that weather can play in maintenance it all kind of plays into the fact that um, check rides are hard to schedule especially if you're in a high activity area like Florida or Phoenix or Dallas uh, it can be really difficult so uh, I know some sometimes students feel like well I can't go out and try to find a new examiner because my school uses just this one guy and uh, you know, they're, they're booked up for three months and, and you just kind of feel, kind of give up. So, uh, I do empathize with that. It is, it is difficult. Um, and then also examiners are typically, they're not full-time examiners. They're like me, they do other stuff. So sometimes it, it's hard to just say, Hey, I, I just want to come meet you. You know, you're, you're probably not going to be able to, everybody can't meet their examiner and go have lunch with them before or something like that. That's, that's not really tenable. So, uh, asking other flight schools, uh, about, you know, other examiners that they use, we can operate nationally now. So that's a update that came around in 2019. Uh, and so if, if you know of an examiner and there's several of us that have kind of an online presence, you can probably reach out to them and say, Hey, my school's got seven or eight check rides. Uh, we'd be willing to pitch in to cover your travel here and and work with you over a week to get these check rides done would you be interested in that so there's a lot of examiners that that do that not like myself i travel to dallas uh phoenix occasionally out to los angeles uh sometimes so uh in fact i just got back uh i was out with the air force i did some work out in the pacific i went to guam i did five check rides out in guam so um we we kind of travel all around giving these check rides so it kind of opens up your options of of finding an examiner that that'll work for you and one of the things i think is great about the fact that you guys move around is the fact that like yourself many people have other jobs you know interestingly one of the challenges in florida is a lot of the examiners uh, are retired and you have to schedule them when they're here and you know a lot of them are snowbirds, so they kind of move move to the southern states, uh, which actually is not so bad because we need them a lot of times during that period. Uh, and it is it is a challenge sometimes. You know, one of the questions I was uh, asked to ask you actually is uh, concerning preparing students for check rides. This is from a flight instructor's perspective. Um, what is your feeling on a syllabus, and do you feel? that a structured training syllabus is important and helpful for someone che passing a check ride. Yeah, I think a, a syllabus is important. Um, what, what I'm looking for, what ideally what needs to happen is you train somebody in, until they're proficient in all these areas of being a safe pilot. You train to proficiency and then you look at the standards that are in part 61 and you ask the question, do you meet all of these standards? If you don't meet those standards, it, it turns into, okay, now we need to go out and do some additional kind of time building to get you where you need to be. But I think what what is a lot more common is you train to proficiency. You look back at part 61, you realize, yeah, we, we exceed all those hours. So now you're ready for the check ride. Now let's get you kind of prepped for that check ride uh, and, and kind of polish everything up and, and 
send you on to your practical test. The danger I see with the syllabus is being too regimented on the syllabus and saying, well, you've passed this portion of the syllabus. I'm going to sign you off and you're going to move to the next step. So you've completed the syllabus, but the proficiency isn't there. And so that's where uh, I see kind of a misuse of a syllabus where they come to me and, and they have a completed syllabus and they meet all the requirements of Part 61. So legally, they're they're ready for this check ride, but really, practically speaking, uh, they're they're not quite totally done. So you know the the bread's been took taken out of the oven a little bit too early. Needs a little bit more time, <laughs> and uh, that that's what needs to happen is they need to go back and do some more training. So, uh, and that also in turn helps the whole check ride process because if we increase the number of passes on the first attempt, that decreases the requirement for retests which gives us more time to do initial tests. So uh, I think what we saw last year was an increase in the number of, uh, or a decrease of the pass rate. So the failure rate's kind of increasing and that just starts this feedback cycle and makes check rides harder and harder to schedule because now we're having to do, instead of one practical test per pilot, we're having to do two because there's a disapproval in there and we have to do the retest. Yeah. I mean, being prepared is very important. A syllabus is of a tool, just like any other. Uh, just checking the box is just checking the box. You know, knowing whether your student's prepared, you're the one that has to do that as an instructor. Uh, so great advice, great advice. How about um, as far as passing your check ride? I, I know you have a whole podcast and YouTube channel, but any maybe some, some quick words of wisdom, maybe two or three items that you could maybe give us and tell us what, what you feel are some of the, the more important points to passing the check ride. What, what you could do, what you can think about beforehand. So my, my main pieces of advice, if I had to boil it down to, like you said, two or three, uh, first of all, be, be confident uh, in your abilities. And, and you don't want to have false confidence, obviously, but you want to be confident where you can sit down and, and you kind of own the piloting command uh, title, you know, you can put that pilot in command hat on and you can act like a pilot in command. I want to see mastery of the aircraft. So if you come in and you're, you're really nervous and you're kind of, I, I call it being kind of a, a victim of the check ride. Don't be a victim of the check ride. Take ownership of the check ride and sit down and say, hi, Mr. Mrs. DP. Uh, you know, I'm Seth. I'm here to take my private pilot check ride. I know we're using the ACS. I've got everything ready. I'm ready to go. This is my plan. Any questions that you ask, I'll be able to, to answer immediately or I know where to find them because I have all this stuff prepared. Uh, and then just kind of try, you know, take ownership of that check ride. Don't be a victim and think, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to sit back and I'm just going to take a beating with your questions. Uh, so, so be confident. That's number one. Uh, number two is over-prepare. Uh, try to over-prepare You'll probably be, uh, you know, hopefully the feeling is after you over-prepare, you're going to sit back after the check and be like, man, I didn't, really didn't need to do all that work. I, I was way too prepared. That's perfect. So be confident and over-prepare. And uh, the other thing is, you know, get a good night's rest before. Uh, I know it's, that's, that's easy for me easy to, for say. to say. Yeah, that's easy <laughs> for me to say. But man, there's so many times... Somebody comes in and you can just tell they're already fatigued and we're fixing to start this process because they're really nervous beforehand. So remember, uh, it, 
we used this say my my dad was in the army and he he would say this before I'd go do something difficult like pilot training. He's like, son, remember they can't kill you and they can't eat you. And uh, so that's kind of the extreme <laughs> thing, but you know, it, you're, it's not a life or death thing. So, so don't be real nervous about it. You did mention, you know, failures could have a career impact. Uh, I think you would agree with me though. Like uh, you're a part 61 failure isn't nearly as big of a deal as a, let's say a part 121 training failure, like that's a much bigger deal. So these, these kind of, I'll, I'll call them warm up check rides, like your private pilot failure. Uh, if, and I've, I've sat on hiring boards in both the air force and part 135. Uh, if we see somebody with a, a private pilot or commercial pilot check ride failure, and that, that interviewee is like, yeah, I learned a lot from this failure. I just didn't prepare well enough. And, and they have a good attitude about it it's not a big deal. If, if you have the wrong attitude about your failure and you say, yeah, the, the DPE was, was mean and they weren't fair and the plane was bad. And that, that's something that I'm a little more concerned about. So as long as you have a good attitude, um, I wouldn't be concerned about a failure. If, if you, I'm sure you have some listeners that have failed to check, ride. I've actually failed, uh, three check rides. I bring that up and, and they're air force check rides. It doesn't matter. I've still had three failures. They're, terrible experiences. I, I don't wish them upon anybody, but they weren't career killers either. So it's definitely something that you can easily recover from with the right attitude. Absolutely. Uh, especially during the interview prep. And uh, that's one of the reasons I do the, the career coaching is the fact that we prepare people to answer those questions. You know, what did you learn and answer it properly? Uh, don't blame it on your instructor is, uh, is one of the things you don't want to do. Uh, but, uh, but as far as, as preparing for the airlines, uh, there are certain programs where they actually, you, you can't have a certain number of, over a certain number of, of check ride failures. That's kind of what I was, I was talking towards there. Uh, but with that said, by listening to Seth and watching his YouTube channel, uh, there'll be less likelihood of, of that check ride failure. And also I think a big thing too is realizing that you, the, the, the DP, the check airman, is, is a person. And I think humanizing the person that's giving you the exam is incredibly important. Seth, I wish you could be everywhere to do check rides. <laughs> you know, we need more people like you to, to calm the nerves of the, of the, uh, the applicant. Um, but there, you can be everywhere. And in one way is online. I think it's so cool that you started this YouTube channel. So to find Seth online, it's, uh, it's actually on the YouTube channel. It's Seth Lake DPE. Uh, where else can they, they find you? And tell us a little bit about the, the stuff that they're going to find there. Yeah, so I've got a, uh, a website, vsl.aero, and that's A-E-R-O. That's uh, our, our kind of flight schools page. Uh, right now, we're, we're transitioning to more owner-provided aircraft training. Uh, so I'm, I'm doing training in, in King Airs and Barrens, a lot of beach craft work. Uh, we're winding down the accelerated multi-program for the time being until we can find a different platform. So you'll you'll see information about that on the website. There's also a link to the podcast page. So I, I do uh, release my shows in both podcast form and on YouTube. So some of them are more visually uh, interactive. So those are just on YouTube, but you can listen in both uh, podcast and YouTube for the most part. I also have um, a, a series of interactive guides, uh, an interactive ACS for the instrument and commercial that I've put together. And those 
uh, have I've basically taken a bunch of FA documents, combined them into one uh, electronic document that makes studying for your check ride, I think, a little bit easier. And I'm constantly revising those and releasing new ones. So those are available for purchase on the website as well. Awesome. And by the way, my favorite thing about uh, Seth's channel is the fact that say you're preparing for your private, you can kind of, he has playlists set up and you can actually play that playlist for the private, the instrument. Uh, I think you have the commercial and that multi-engine uh, and, and some other, there's some other great playlists out there too. So uh, awesome job, Seth. Uh, I hope to see a lot more material from you. Uh, and I'd love to have more people go out there. VSL.arrow. Also for you on YouTube, Seth Lake uh, DP. It's, uh, it's really easy to find. I have links all down in the show notes. Uh, Seth, anything else you can tell us before we go leave? Because I, I know there's, we could talk for hours about preparing for check rise and that's why you have the channel. Uh, anything else, other advice as we, as we kind of close out here, as far as preparing for your check ride, um, or for those people that are, are really like listening, saying, you know, I am kind of nervous what, you know, is there any other thing, advice you can give me? Oh man. Um, yeah, I mean, just, just keep preparing. I, I would say one thing that I've, I've noticed, uh, recently with and in fact i was uh, i don't know if you know max trescott not to plug another podcast but if your listeners listen to you yeah so i was just on max's show yesterday i don't know when it'll be released but we're we're talking about using for flight during your check ride so that's one thing that i've uh i have seen some recent trends of of people learning with paper and then showing up to their check ride with for flight not being real confident on how to use that so i would definitely recommend uh, really getting to know how to use ForeFlight confidently because I allow it during my check ride. I think most DPEs do, but what we're looking for is that you can you're proficient in ForeFlight's usage, not that you just have it and it's the easy button. It actually takes some training, and I think our industry as a whole maybe is lagging a little bit on providing the appropriate level of training for ForeFlight uh, for a check ride, and so I kind of industry-wide our instructors are really good teaching cross-country stuff on paper because that's how they were taught and that's just the kind of the cycle of our system uh, and they look at four flat i think as kind of an easy button so they'll just say well you trained on paper you can do it on paper but here use four flight because it's easier and seth seth accepts that so so you'll be fine and that's not a good way to approach it you need to have kind of that that actual training using for flight or Garmin Pilot, whatever EFB app you're using. Uh, don't show up to the check ride and not know how to use your EFB uh, proficiently. Seth, just to add to that point, you know, I do a lot of training at the airline with our EFB. And uh, that is actually a big challenge for many people is how to actually use the EFB efficiently. Some people are just whizzes with it. It's really cool to watch. Uh, but I think that's some awesome advice because uh, sometimes we're lulled into the fact that this is so much easier than than the paper, but there, there's a lot of nuances in every single EFB. So get to know yours like for flight and we'll have a link in the show notes to the, the show that you're going to be on. It's uh, Max's aviation, uh, news talk, uh, com is actually the, uh, the website there. Uh, but, uh, Seth, I, uh, I appreciate you coming on today. And, uh, just as far as people that are wanting to, to reach out, you can find him on his uh, website, vsl.arrow and also uh, Seth Lake DPE on the YouTube channel. And, uh, and I'm sure he'll answer questions. If you do have questions, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com, also on our contact page. And we'll send them over to Seth uh, and also possibly have him on again. Seth, we could talk for hours about 
uh, check rides, check rideitis, that type of thing. And uh, and uh, but you have a whole YouTube channel about that, and I think it's just absolutely terrific. Uh, so I really appreciate your coming here today, uh, and it, this has just been terrific, and I'm so excited uh, to see all the different content come out in the future, and, and, and keep up the great work, man. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it was really good being on the show. Thank, thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. You know, and if you're somebody that's looking for some advice on how to pass your check ride, and, you know, and I talk about it a lot, you know, there's certain programs out there that uh, you want to try as hard as you can to pass as many check rides as you can, especially in the beginning. Uh, because there are those ones, I'm not going to mention the names of the airlines right now, but that, that requires a certain number. But another thing, too, that's important is you need to know what to say if you have a checkride failure or any type of failure within your training. And that's the thing that we do. We help people out there with our coaching, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash coaching. I book out about a month in advance, so, uh, so make sure you take a look at the, the scheduling software we have out there. And if you're somebody that really wants to help people move forward in their career, I'd like you to take a look at our Pay It Forward program because for just $1 a month, you can help somebody by supplying them with a free scholarships guide. And what that'll do is that can enable them maybe to pay for a partially for their check ride or partially for their, their actual whole, their training, their whole training. Their, it's amazing what has happened with people in the past. I have one successful story from the scholarships guide that this gentleman went out and just looked at all sorts of scholarships, wound up paying for his whole flight training and all of his schooling. And I think that was totally cool. And this is someone who would never have been able to do that uh, otherwise. So check it out, pay it forward on our website, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash pay it forward for just $1 a month. You can help somebody get one of those free scholarships, guys. Remember to tell your friends, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash free to find those scholarships guides that are free out there. But most importantly, when you're getting ready for a check ride, or you're trying to do anything in your career, move forward in your career, uh, the most important thing to do is whether you're listening to Seth on his podcast, where you're li listening to this podcast here at Aviation Careers Podcast, is to do something every day to move forward in your career. Don't don't just stop when you stop listening to this. Uh, you, what you can do is take your phone. I mean, on your phone, you can put a, a, a just a little note saying, "Hey, I need to research Seth's podcast. I need to research." his YouTube channel and I need to find out you know how to prepare better for my check ride maybe I need to find the ACS I can easily do that on Seth's website but make sure that every single day you take one step towards your career goal and I really appreciate Seth coming on I appreciate you listening and don't forget to take that one step today to move forward in your career in your life we'll talk to you next episode safe flying out there you have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research.